Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Isaiah 54 verse 1 and 2 is the verses that God has spoken to us here at Metro for 2019. It says, Sing, O barren, you who have not born, break forth in a singing and cry aloud, you haven't laboured with child. For more, everyone say more, more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman. This is not a promise to get you back to normal, to get you back to square one. This is a promise God says, I'm going to do even more than what you've anticipated or even hoped for back when you thought it was possible. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch. That's where our, our theme for this month comes from. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Don't spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. So I've spoken this month, other people have preached as well, but I've spoken about the stretch that comes out of vision. When God puts something in front of you and you stretch to reach, to grab a hold of what He's got in front of you. Last Sunday night, I think it was, I spoke about the stretch of delay. And last Sunday morning about fruit and foes. And this morning I want to speak to you about stretched to prepare. Now, God is the God of suddenlies. And everybody loves the suddenlies. I've heard preachers talk about the suddenlies of God and about God will move suddenly. And at the midnight hour, God and all of this, and everybody gets pumped thinking that there suddenly is going to happen this afternoon. And we love the idea about that. And he is the God of suddenly. But if you study the scripture and the lives of the people who the suddenly's happened to, you will always find that before the suddenly, there was a stretch of preparation in their life. Joseph, the guy, the Technicolor Dreamcoat, Joseph's suddenly happens when he is suddenly remembered by the king's cupbearer and he's whisked literally suddenly out of a prison to the palace in front of Pharaoh, the most powerful man on the earth. It was a great suddenly, but before the suddenly took place, there was a great stretch of preparation before that, going all the way from the dynamics of a very dysfunctional family where he was in his father's house, gets ends up in Potiphar's house as a slave, out of that unjustly treated, goes to prison, And then out of that prison, the suddenly happens. But here's the deal. All the way through before he suddenly, there was a lot of preparation took place for that suddenly to have its effect. David, if we pick on him, David, King David, the Psalmist David, David's suddenly happened. One day while the king that was persecuting him, the hardest and the fiercest, King Saul, went out to battle. And you got to remember in those days, the king was protected. So people would have been forming a shield around about him. But the Bible says a stray arrow. So some guy on the opposing forces fumbled with the, the string as he let fly the arrow. And instead of it going to hit the soldier that he aimed at, it suddenly 
shot over the top and suddenly got over all the people around about King Saul and suddenly pierced King Saul's armour and he lay there dying. David's suddenly happened in that sudden way. But, and then after that, of course, David becomes king. But you know the story. Before that, there was hours on a hillside looking after sheep. There was battles with a lion and a bear. And then after that, Goliath. Then there came the fame and then the persecution and the isolation. There was a long period of preparation before his suddenly took place. I want you to give a big hand to my good friend, choir member at Metro Church, all-round top guy, Jonathan Ranola. Here he is. Please come out, Jonathan. Come on out, sir. Thank you. This is Jonathan Ranolo. Jonathan, together with Tim Yanichi, who I think is down there somewhere. Are you there, Tim? Give me a wave. I think I saw him walk in the door. Jonathan and Tim took part recently in the Masters CrossFit Games that, by the way, took place internationally across 60 countries. 160. I didn't even know there was that many. Uh, 160 countries. Anyway, this guy and Tim won their part, their location as CrossFit uh, Masters Champions. All right? That's pretty cool. Well done. Let me just ask a couple of questions, Jonathan. Uh, I'm allowed to ask how are you because it's a Masters thing. How old are you? 46 this year. 46 this year. When did you take up CrossFit? Uh, it will be four years, four years now. So that could be, I uh, was 42. So you were the Philippines powerlifting champion uh, for years, were you? And you've got a long history of athletics and strength and all that stuff. What were you like at the age of 42? Were you, were you pretty buff and into it or were you just a couch potato? Yes. I was 35%. Body fat. And Say that again because there's hope coming for every person in this building. <laughs> How many, say that again. How much percent body fat? 35% body fat. And then I was really? obese. Yeah. For my height, I was, before I started CrossFit, I was 75 kilos. Whoa. So when you, what got you into CrossFit, by the way? Uh, my wife. I've been... <laughs> Enough said, brother. Actually, it was my wife who pushed me to go back, uh, go back to the gym. And then I found there was a CrossFit, so I would like to try it. Mate, these are like, this is like grabbing rock. Wow. Uh, okay, so you have got you into, what, what, I, I don't know much about CrossFit. I know it's, uh, it's. A lot of disciplines. There's lifting, there's running, gymnastics, all that stuff. So what could you lift when you first started? Uh, I was having a hard time lifting. This bar is 20 kilos. So when I started during my first class, the coach just asked me to lift the 15 kilo bar because I couldn't do the movement. So basically, we have to do oh, oh. 
Yep, that's pretty heavy. 20 kilos is a lot heavier when it's a bar, I can tell you that. Uh, so you couldn't lift that? Uh, yeah, I couldn't lift that when I started. So first, actually, they showed us how to, the movement, the correct movement, the correct technique. So we used the stick. Did you see people when you went to the gym? Because uh, how, how big is all this? Like that's 10 kilos? 10 kilos. I can lift one of them, yeah. Five. Oh, five, five kilos. I use these for Frisbees where I come from. Glory <laughs> to God. So together that's, uh, let me get the maths right. That's 15, that's 30 plus 20, that's 50 kilos. All right. What's your best lift so far? It depends on the lift. Okay. So my deadlift, I can deadlift 130 kilos for my height. So that is more when than... When you say deadlift, what is it? tell us what that looks like. Oh, okay, cool. What's the one where you put it above your head? Uh, that's over uh, shoulder to overhead, so... And how much of that, what's the heaviest of that you can do? Uh, I've done 70 kilos. That's your weight above your head? Yes. That's the weight above my head. 70 kilos, then I can do back squat of 140, so back squat. I'm spotting for him because he might need it. There we do. I have a uh, hundred twenty for the front squat, which is which is more <laughs> harder, and then I can do eighty five kilos for a power clean and then sixty five kilos on a snatch. So you're pretty good at taking the rubbish out then. That's not a problem for you. Yes. Great. Um, so when you first went to the gym and you had to start with the 15 kilo bar, and this is a serious question because I know what men are like. We go there and we see someone with the bar and the 30 kilos and we're going, I'm not going to go and do that little chicken stuff. I'm, I'm, hello, I'm a man and I can do it. And we don't want the coach saying, start with the 15 kilo bar, because we think everyone's looking at me, and they're all going to think, hello, look at old Lily Levers over there. He can't lift anything, and they're going to laugh at me. I'm never coming back to this gym. Yes, that's true. The ego. Ego, yeah, I, I thought so. So you go over there, and you start picking up the bar and going, this is stupid. This is like, why? I want to try the big stuff. Is that pretty much where you get to? Yes. The first few weeks, I was like that. Yeah. So my, be- my head was bigger than my body. So, and then I started feel some pain because I don't have the correct technique. So. But basically, it should be the coach. The coach should be watching all of us. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and did you have the red boots when you started? No. Nah. They're, they're like a prize for having done well. Actually, this will help me. This, we call these uh, lifters. So this is the lifting shoes. Yeah, I would be doing all of this, but I'd left my boots at home. 
Can we see you? Can we put all this on here? Yes. Great. Because it's easy for me to ask you. Which one did we put on first? Kilos. 30 kilos, right. Where you go, we're just watching clap. So I will try to do a snatch, full yeah, snatch. Yeah, try. All right. Go. Do you need powder on your hands? <laughs> God, help me, Jesus. Try 40. Yeah, you, you try 40, yeah. Uh, you want me to put that one on? Yeah. <clears throat> I'll hold that for you. How many of you knew you were coming to a uh, weightlifting demonstration? At church. Ready? Oh, is this your medal, is it? Yep. Oh, I, I can lift the medal. <laughs> Festivus Games. Wow, very clever. What are you going to do with this one? Snatch again. Oh. Snatch away. Don't do anything you don't feel comfortable in doing, brother. That's my whole coaching advice to you. Because I don't know what to do in the case of anything else. We'll be calling one of the education professionals. So just don't let the male ego get in there. You just do whatever. Let me, let me just see how heavy that is. Oh, God, help us, Lord. Can we have some of the prayer team to come back? <laughs> you know, when you said that that's, that's, what, 50 kilos? I honestly thought, that's not much. That's heavy. That's heavy. What are you going to do this time? Again, snaps. Are you sure? Yes. Would, do, you want me to, sorry, do you want me to do anything? Do I need someone? Do I need a spotter? Um, maybe Pastor David, no, you're strong. <laughs> Look at that. His son is doing CrossFit, yeah, but David's not. We're spotters. That means when he goes up, we put a hand under it just to be safe. You get that? Kong si fa choi. Well, we're ready, brother. We've, we've totally got this. You can leave that there if you want. We, we, we won't. Uh, you can leave it there. Wear your medal. Can you give a big hand to uh, Jonathan Rinolo? Now, let me just ask you one more time here. 
because I know what the male ego is like being male and maybe female ego I don't know about, but it could be just the same. You turn up and you go, I want to start in the big stuff. And how long did it take you to get to be able to snatch that? Actually, it took me because I injured myself, my wrist, my shoulder. So I have, stopped, I have to stop doing that. I just recently get back doing this two months ago, three months ago. So, yeah, it took me almost four years to be able to. I just did 65 kilos last month, I think. And that was my... PB for us not 65 kilos after almost four years. So before you got to the medal, before you got to your suddenly, the competition, it took you four years of preparation to be able to do that. That's remarkable. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jonathan. He's already told you, you know, you start trying to do stuff you're not capable of yet. What's the importance of stretch? The importance of stretch is that God starts preparing you for the thing he's got waiting for you. But if you try and just short circuit it, get there too quick, you end up pulling a muscle. You end up just getting discouraged. To become a champion, listen to it, to become a champion requires the stretch of preparation. What do you want to become a champion in? You want to become a champion dad, a champion mum? So many people think it all starts, well, when I get married and I say, I do, I'll start getting ready then. When my wife comes home with a little, you know, scan and the pick, you know, I'll start thinking about what it's like. Can I say to you, no matter what it is in life, you need to start preparing now so that when you're suddenly appears, you're prepared. The purpose of our stretching is so that when suddenly turns up, We're ready for God suddenly in our life. God is not testing you. God is not, listen to me, God is not withholding from your life. He didn't say to Joseph, you know what? I'm not going to let you be the favoured one that you saw in your dreams. I'm taking that away from you because I want to check your motives. There's not one reference to that in Joseph's life or in his heart. There's no uh, mention of that by God at all. Same with David. God wasn't withholding something, trying out your patience, but rather God is preparing you by stretching you for what he's got in front of you. Here's the second thing. Stretching always seems pointless until the purpose appears. This is so important because so many of us, when God starts stretching us, we are looking around going, this is stupid. There's no point to this. God, what on earth is going on? God, everything seems to be going backwards rather than forwards. And we start thinking God has lost the plot, lost the plan. He doesn't know what he's doing. When, and Jonathan already told you, when they started him off with the 15 kilo bar, He's looking at that going, what's the point of starting me on something so small? I know I can already do that. Stretching always seems pointless. But you see now around Jonathan's neck, the fruit of all of his preparation, that medal. You know, when Joseph interpreted Pharaoh's dream, everybody in his life looked at him and said, you know what? I always knew there was something special about him. 
Potiphar. You know what? I knew when he worked for me, I knew there was something different about that young man. The prison overseer looked back and said, you know what? I knew there was something remarkable. I knew he was destined for bigger things. But listen to me, neither of those people ever did anything deliberate to raise him out of where he was. Don't be discouraged if what you're in right now seems pointless for you and for your future. David's years of preparation seemed pointless until they put a crown on his head and everybody said, you know, right back when Samuel anointed him king, I knew this day would come to pass. And about the rest of you here, I've discovered a lot of people, once the trial is over, they're standing there patting you on the back saying, I always believed in you. Huh? I look around and go, that's funny because you were nowhere to be seen. When I was in my dark hour, how many people here have ever discovered in the dark hour there's not too many people patting you on the back? Amen. How many ever discovered there's not too many people saying, you know what, no, it's okay, you're going to be fine. They're there going, oh my God, what have they done wrong? What sin have they committed? What's happened to them? Oh, God's left them. He's lifted off his favor, off their, oh yeah. And, and people look at you like that and wonder what's going wrong. And they're starting to do this. We're right with you. We believe in you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, praise God, I'm praying for you. Oh, yes, thank you, Lord. And they're acting like if I get close, I'm going to catch it. (laughs) Or am I the only person in the room that's ever been through a trial and discovered that I I found who my real friends were? Four of you, yeah. I've had enough of them, and after a while, you can't see them unless you've got binoculars. (laughs) Who are they? Oh, they're my friends. (laughs) 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 They're right with me. Stretching always seems pointless. I said this last week and it's so profound that I want to give it to you again. God's delays are not a sign of his forgetfulness. They're a sign of his faithfulness. God's delays are not a sign that he's forgotten you. They're actually a sign that he's being faithful to the purpose for which he called you. And, you know, can I say this? I think I thought when I heard from the Lord last August that 2019 was the year of enlarge. I think I really thought that when December 31 ended at midnight, that at 12.01 on the 1st of January, look out. I can soar higher now than eagle's wings. Oh, that's a wrong song. Can't even get the song right. God. I think I thought it was all going instead of that, some of the same problems that were there on December 31 were still there on December on January 1. Huh? Amen. And if you're not careful, you start thinking God's delays means he's forgotten me. Come on, turn to your neighbor right now and say he hasn't forgotten you. Come on, let him know. Here's the third thing quickly. We are stretched to prepare by the good and the bad. This guy never could have won the CrossFit Championship without pain, without discomfort, without... Hello, how many people here have ever started a gym course and the first day you're at the gym, you killed it, you smashed it. You're going, what's all the problem? What's everyone talking about? This is nothing. And then day two, you went there and you still, you punched it out. Day three, you could hardly get out of bed. Huh? 
all of a sudden you start going, you know what? How can this be good? I'd better stop. I'd better quit because I might be hurting myself. But the truth is you're not just stretched by the Wouldn't it be nice if we only got stretched by the good? Lord, I want to be stretched by winning lotto. Come on, do I get a witness in the house? Come on. 270 million bucks. Lord, I'd like to be stretched by that kind of abundance in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to be stretched. You know, I love reading that story about Moses who had to say to the people, stop giving your money. I've prayed for the day that I will lead a church where one day I get up and say, can you all stop tithing? Can you all stop sowing into destiny offering? We got so we haven't got, we don't know what to spend it on. Hasn't happened yet. We want to get stretched by the good, but God stretches not only by the good, but by the bad in our life. I, I can only imagine how disappointing it was when he has to take time out of CrossFit because he pulls a muscle or hurts his shoulder. And to turn up there and the coach says, come on, and takes off the five kilo and takes off the 10 kilo and takes off the five kilo and takes off the 10 kilo and says, can you lift the 20 kilo bar? We're going back to the start. But without that, he never would have got to be the champion that he is. Here's number four. These are all so important. I want you to remember them. God is doing an inward transformation while he arranges your outward time. See, we think nothing's happening and God says, no, listen, the most important things are happening. We look at it and say, it's pointless. God says, no, there's purpose. We look at it and wonder, has God forgotten? And he says, you don't understand how much I'm on your case right now. Let me show you this quickly. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. Watch this. If you've got a paper Bible, which would be about two of you, you should underline this. The rest of you just scratch an imaginary line under this word. Acts 2, 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come. Doesn't say it just turned up. Apparently this word fully is so important that they put it in. The Holy Spirit made sure it was there. When the day of Pentecost had fully come. Now get the background of this. They've been praying for 10 days, 24 hours a day. 240 hours of prayer have preceded Acts 2 verse 1. They are all praying and and seeking God. Let's go on. Acts 2 verse 2. And suddenly, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, 10 days of heart searching, 10 days of seeking God, 10 days of surrender, and suddenly, 10 days of committing themselves to God, 10 days of saying, Lord, watch your will, 10 days of searching the scripture, and suddenly, are you getting the picture yet? But here's the real thing behind this story. Because it goes on and says that suddenly came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them divided tongues as of fire, one sat on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues or other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance or ability. Now verse 5 just simply 
just it's we just think it's a fill-in, but it's integral to the story. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem de- Jews, devout men, watch this, from every nation under heaven. And after the sound occurred, that multitude of people from every nation came together and were confused because they heard every man speaking his own language. Now you go, what's the point? What are you trying to get at? Well, here's the point. This is one of the three major feasts of the year that every Jew had to take part in. But if this had happened, if this suddenly had taken place on day one, the only people that would have heard it were the Jerusalem inhabitants themselves, all of whom spoke Hebrew. Because the feast was coming 10 days down the road, people gathered from every nation. Jews came from every country. They came out of Greece. They came out of Egypt. They came out of everywhere, all of whom had a different native tongue. And God arranged it so that the 10 days of preparation and stretching, that when the suddenly turned up, the purpose of their 10 days was going to be drastically evident to everybody. All of a sudden they're going, oh, so that's what this was about. Can I say to you that almost always you will not understand your purpose looking ahead. You'll only see it looking backwards. And that's the reason why for so many of us looking ahead right now and going, God, this is stupid. God, I don't see the point of this. God, this is difficult right now. What are you doing? Oh, God, I think you forgot me. And I think most of us, we try and look forward and we have no idea. But when the suddenly turns up, we'll look back and go, aha, uh-huh. now I understand. Ten days later, it's filled with Jews from many nations and speaking in other tongues had an incredible impact. But it wasn't just waiting. It was God doing an internal work while he arranged the outward time. Here's the fifth thing and the last thing. Good news, nothing, nothing can prevent your destiny. Nothing. Daniel 4 verse 35, no one can restrain the hand of God or say to him, what are you doing? It's going to come to pass. Philippians 1 verse 6, being confident of this very thing that he that's begun a good work in you, he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. It might look at the moment like, what's the point? But there's a purpose behind your life. There's a purpose behind, listen to me, there's a purpose behind what God is doing. Listen, across this great crowd of people and people that are watching or listening via podcast, it would be impossible for me to line out every life circumstance. So you just need to take for yourself today and say, God, there's a reason you're preparing me for something. This is not random. I'm not the victim of circumstance. It's not their fault. Nobody else is withholding. God, you are teaching me, training me, and you are preparing me for something great in my life. And all of that preparation is so that when the suddenly turns up, you can actually go ahead and lift it. You can stand there and be thrilled with what God's been able to do in your life. Amen. Come on, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, help us today. Every single one of us, Lord, I know right now, right across this room and listening via the podcast or watching on the YouTube channel, 
there are people and in their heart they're going, yep, that's me. That's so true. And they're saying, oh God, I'm sorry. I, I started thinking you'd forgotten me. I thought maybe you'd just left me out. But God, now I see that behind all of this, you're actually at work. So God, I surrender to your work. Come on. Right now where you are, say, Lord, I surrender to your work. I'm not surrendering to circumstance. I'm surrendering to the hand of God. The apostles spent 10 days saying, Lord, we surrender to you. And so that's why the whole of the book of Acts, there's not one point there where they ever go, God, you've lost it. They're saying, God, we trust you. The church doesn't fall apart because something negative occurs when, when James is is uh, beheaded by Herod. The church doesn't fall apart. Peter gets put in jail and the whole church says, you know what we're going to do? We're going to pray. Why? Because they had surrendered. They'd had a time of preparation. I don't know about your life and every circumstance of it, but I do know who God is. I do know what he's doing. Come on, I feel it this morning. I feel that this is more than just a, a message I feel like the Holy Spirit is speaking to hearts and lives right here in this place. He's speaking to you right now. He's saying, come on, trust me. He's saying, trust me. In this moment, you'll trust him better than you will if you wait to do it till you get outside and the busyness of life starts ramping in on you again. Just right now, right where you are, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust you. You're, you're preparing me for a great suddenly. And I'm going to allow you to do everything. I'm surrendering to you. I'm trusting you with my future. Lord, I'm ready to stretch because my stretch is not about just a a fun thing to do. It's about preparation for what's coming ahead in Jesus' name. Help us, Lord. Holy Spirit, would you help us? Would you help us? When we leave here and tomorrow morning we wake up and everything still looks the same, would you help us to bring a new spirit to it in Jesus' name? Just sing for a minute, please. I just want to take a minute. Just want to take a minute. I I feel so strongly the Holy Spirit is touching people here. And I don't want to just rush past it. Don't want to go on to the next bit. I want to give you a moment just to say, Lord, I'm surrendering you. They took 10 days. 